Dan Bongino. You want the truth? Come to this podcast. You want someone to BS you and be full of crap? Go to a political rally. The Dan Bongino Show. We have to call it what it is, and we have to stop being delicate about it. Get ready to hear the truth about America. We're not like the leftists. The conservatives don't need safe spaces. They don't need lollipops and coloring books and teddy bears. I'm good, okay? On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well. I look forward to this moment every day, Dano. Yeah, man. We're running a little late because I (laughs) I screwed over Producer Joe big time by sending him two Bernie Sanders clips with like five minutes to go before we get on the air. So forgive me for the 10 or so minute delay. We usually start a little earlier, but they were so priceless. I had to stick them in the show today. I mean, it's just amazing. Liberals, they're just so dumb that they eat this stuff up. Bernie Sanders is on uh, State of the Union with Jake Tapper, and it's just... uh, I, it's it's emblematic of liberalism in general. He never answers the question. He totally deflects. And then it, I'll play the cuts for you, by the way, as we get into the show. I'm just so fired up because Joe just played him for me. He's like, <laughs> listen to him first before we get on the air because he cuts him up. And, and then he ends the clips by saying, but we need to have a serious conversation about this. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> so don't answer any of the questions. Deny the evidence. You know, do a complete deflection like Captain America's shield had a vibranium or whatever. And then at the end, when you're done deflecting and you never get to the substantive issues at hand and you don't answer the question, then, Joe, wrap it all up by saying, but by the way, we need to have a serious conversation. Oh, okay. Right. Thanks, Bird. This guy's incredible, so we'll get to that up in a second. Hey, just a quick personal note. So for those of you who've been asking me and uh, about my car situation, because you know I talk about my life on the yeah, show, man. I finally sunk the deal on a Raptor yesterday. Even uh, Joe doesn't know that. No. But yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Bongino. I put a picture up on Instagram. Also on Twitter, I'm at Bongino as well. Same thing, first initial, last name. I put up a picture, and it's... Uh, it's a sweet looking ride, so I really got a great deal. So thanks to this guy, I dealt with this guy Chip up in uh up in Fort Pierce. What, really what nice color dude, is so. it, Dan? It's white and black. All now, right. I'm not a big fan of white cars. I have to be honest with you, especially with a Raptor. Mm-hmm. But with the badging and stuff, it's really cool looking. And it is Florida, and it's about 147 degrees yeah. in the summer here. So white cars, you can actually touch them. I've had black cars my whole life. So thanks to everyone who asked. Thanks to my uh, my friend, who I feel like I know him already, Peter, who emails me a lot. Peter B., I won't use his last name, but he sent me a manifesto on buying, uh, buying a car from the dealer. And all the people <laughs> who gave me the feedback on the Raptor, you know who you are. Thank you very much. The border, I think it was a border patrol guy who told me about some testing they did with it. So I really appreciate it. The deal is sunk. All right. Getting to the news, enough about me. So uh, Mooch is out yesterday, Scaramucci. And I'm bringing this up because I was in the dealership when it happened. And I'm like, I, I, I can't believe it. I mean, Scaramucci, for those of you who missed the story, Anthony Scaramucci was the 10-day-old <laughs> communication director Man. at the White House who uh, took the position and was uh, let go yesterday, was fired by the Trump administration as one of the first moves by the new incoming chief of staff, uh, John Kelly, General John Kelly, who was the DHS director. Folks, if you're having a hard time following all this, I think the rest of the world is as well. John Kelly was a general in, in the Marine Corps. He was the head of DHS in the six months there, did an admirable job from what I'm hearing from friends at DHS. Uh, even in the short time he was there, he was uh, admired. He had done a decent job. Uh, I, we know, obviously, Trump likes him. Trump uh, got rid of Reince Priebus, who was his chief of staff, replaced him with John Kelly from DHS. Kelly comes in, 
after he had replaced the comms director with Scaramucci, 10 days later, his first one of his first moves, he gets rid of Scaramucci. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the Ryan Lizza New Yorker interview where Scaramucci uh, went after Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon using some, uh, let's say, colorful language. I, I'll be honest with you, I, and I, I don't say this to defend myself because I've been known to use colorful language <laughs> as well. Yeah, for those of you who uh, know the story, um, I really don't care about that at all, not even a little bit. I still you know, cuss to this day. I probably shouldn't, but I do. I've tried to stop it. It's just a New York thing. It's just kind of drilled into your head, unfortunately. But um, it's not that. I, it's the, I think it was the going after Previs and Brandon, uh, Bannon mm-hmm. and thinking it was off the record that I think hurt him. Um, I like Scaramucci. I wish they wouldn't have gotten rid of him. I think he had a he had a good future there, but uh, he's gone. But unfortunately, there's not that much to say about this except for one thing I wanted to bring up. I don't bring up topics on the show just to casually talk about them to waste your time. Um, I worked in the White House for five years. I'm very familiar with how it works. I said yesterday, it's a very small place. You would be stunned how tiny the West Wing is. You can walk the entire West Wing, I kid you not, if at a decent pace in easily uh, probably under five minutes. And that's if there's nobody in there and you can and you were trying to run through it, mm-hmm. you could probably run through it in about three minutes or less if you sprint it up the stairs and back. A couple stairwells. Front, back, um, it's not a large place. It's not hard to figure out what's going on when you're there every day or almost every day of of your working week for five years. Folks, the problem they were having in the White House, um, and I I blame some of it on on the president. I mean, it is his White House, and uh, and I credit him for making some moves. But I, I don't. I don't blame it all on the president because chaos. I remember the first days of the Obama administration, Joe. They were completely chaotic as well. And remember, sure. according to the media, Barack Obama is the smartest human being to uh, ever, you know, ever have graced the earth with his presence. Yeah. The chaos was just as bad. So, I mean, it, you could say blame Trump because he's the president. Fine. But I don't, I don't blame him in the sense that I think it was anything unusual. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's the president. Of course, it's his foot. It's his company. He is now the president of the United States. But I'm telling you, this happens to everyone. So the John Kelly move is a good one. And here's why. You have access control to the president is everything in the White House. Everything. The demands on his time are unbelievable. The people that when you're at this post in the White House as a Secret Service agent front, you see firsthand right there. All of the it's nonstop. In and out, in and out of the Oval Office show, in, out, in, out, in, out. I mean, it's scripted down to the minute sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're talking, you're talking too much. Someone knocks on the door. Hey, uh, Mr. So-and-so from whatever, uh, time to go. And then someone else pops in. If you don't control access to the White House and people who are friendly with the president, people who know the president start popping in and out randomly and taking up the time, folks, that can really throw a monkey wrench into the machinery of the White House. And I, I thought I'm, I'm, this, this morning as I'm thinking about discussing this, I'm like, how do I give an analogy to explain what it would be like? And I thought, OK, imagine being that I bought the Raptor yesterday. You're the CEO of Ford. Mm-hmm. And no question, Joe, a monster sized company. But again, a company, Joe, that pales in size to the size of the United States government. Sure. Pales. But Ford, one of the biggest companies in the world. One of the biggest com- uh, companies in, in, the, in the history of the world, the Ford Motor Company. Now, if you're the CEO of Ford, and every five minutes, someone you know from the company, you came up from the ranks, you were, assemb- you were on the assembly line together, whatever it may be, starts popping in and saying, hey, I got this idea. I think we should change the blue oval uh, to, uh, to the green oval because I did a focus group test. You w- the guy would never get anything done. Mm-hmm. The CEO, there has to be a decision-making chain where someone decides at some point, hopefully multiple people, decisions that can be handled at a lower level and decisions that should make it through the sieve. 
when they make it through the sieve and they get into the, you know, the bottom of the hourglass, those should be the only the most critical decisions that the president should make. When you have people walking in with things like, hey, man, we got a problem on assembly line six in the uh, in the Beijing China factory. But the, is this a critical issue? It's going to affect the company company wide that can't. This is important, Joe, that cannot be handled lower down the management chain. Right. And if it can, it should be because you're wasting the CEO's time. And unfortunately, I think, in my humble opinion, having and I'm not folks, please, I'm I'm not a you know, I don't even promote my own stuff. I'm not trying to be Captain Important here. I was just a Secret Service agent. I was I'm not trying to pretend I was the chief of staff. I'm just telling you I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I mean, that's indisputable. I'm not trying to pretend it's anything more than it was. But being there in the White House a lot for five years, you it's not hard to figure out the culture of what happens and how it how the work flows and how it, it's not Anybody can figure it. It's not like it has some special powers of deduction. And I'm telling you, if you don't control who comes in there and who says what to the president and who proposes an idea to the president, and I don't think that was happening under under Priebus, it's not a knock on him, but I I, I think he was. they were just out of their league a little bit, you are going to have chaos in the White House. And I'm, I applaud Trump for, for I, I hope, as I said to my wife yesterday, Joe, and I'll move on, mm-hmm. I hope this is the end of the beginning. And not the beginning of the end. And I clearly confused my wife. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) The beginning has been a little bit chaotic. But just to rewind the tape a little bit, as I said to you before, having experienced the White House transition, it's always chaotic. So, you know, let's be careful throwing extra blame on Trump. Okay, he's in charge. You always get the blame. But I'm not going to heap any extra blame on him. Let's hope the beginning is over now. And now they've gotten they've. They've got a different way of looking at it. They've got the horse blinders on. They've got Kelly in there. They're going to control access. And going forward, we'll have a more orderly uh, uh, procedure for how decisions are going to be vetted in the White House. Make sense? Yes. All right. Cool, man. Um, Okay. Another story I saw yesterday, which really, uh, or today, excuse me, that really upset me. I'm going to just bring this up quickly because I want to move on to Bernie Sanders because it's hysterical. I read this in the Wall Street Journal today. I'll put it in the show notes. It may be subscriber access. If not, you can read the first few paragraphs and it really sums it up. Uh, those are free anyway. Uh, th- this story infuriated me. And I- I'll be honest with you. I haven't I hadn't seen this before. Norway, Joe. So NATO, a lot, there are a lot of NATO countries out there. And to be a member of NATO, you are obligated by uh, by the international agreements that make up NATO to spend 2% of your GDP on national defense. Right. You know, NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, Article 5 of NATO dictates that if one country is attacked, then essentially all countries are attacked and that they are supposed to respond appropriately. So Article 5, the only time it was invoked was during 9-11, where countries came to our aid um, under NATO after, uh, obviously, the terror attacks of 9-11. So that's the only time that was uh, uh, invoked, Article 5. Now, this is really upsetting. A lot of these countries, as Trump is, has highlighted often, are not spending 2% of their GDP on defense, which essentially, Joe, is what we call in economics a free rider syndrome right now. Mm-hmm. Free rider, meaning they get the benefits of Article 5, meaning if those countries are attacked, we're supposed to respond appropriately, the United States. Mm-hmm. Yet, Joe, they're not spending the money on defense themselves to defend themselves. So they are, in fact, what we, again, what we would call in economics a free rider. So Trump's been highlighting this. Now, That's bad enough, the free rider syndrome. Now, why am I bringing this up in terms of the story I read today? It's not just that some of these countries like Norway are free riding in some respects by not paying for their own defense, Joe. They're actually boycotting U.S. companies that develop weapons. I was like, I read this. I'm like, let me read this twice Hmm. to make sure this is right, because I thought that can't possibly be true. Like, you can't be that 
legislatively and policy-wise backwards. Like, that's insane. But, you know, I, I, was, I was absolutely correct. I read the story. This, the, this, it's in the Wall Street Journal. It's not in The Onion. Norway is not only not spending 2% of its money on GDP, uh, 2% of its GDP, excuse me, on defense. Norway is also boycotting companies that produce nuclear weapons out of somewhat far-left socialist agenda. Huh. Countries, and by the way, why they acknowledge, Joe, that the United States' nuclear umbrella that defends com- uh, countries like Norway, that that nuclear umbrella is beneficial to their very existence to defend against attacks from a potential adversary like that, like Russia. I mean, this, this is insane. I saw that story today. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, just to be clear, this isn't a small amount of money. Right. The Norway government pension fund has an enormous, we're talking about billions upon billions of dollars. They are divesting from U.S. weapons manufacturers because, I don't know, Joe, peace, love, and happiness. We're going to sit around and roast s'mores. Yeah. That's just a really crazy story I wanted you to hear about because you probably won't hear about it in a lot of mm. media outlets. But it's frustrating. And, and, you know, I applaud Trump for calling attention to the to the NATO problem with the uh, the spending of the money on, on defense. But someone should bring this up as well on a national platform. Like, you're boycotting United States businesses that produce the weapons that keep your country safe. Come on. Come on, guys. Silly Vikings. Silly. <laughs> oh, dude. What? I got to tell you something off the air, by the way. Okay. Remind me. Am about I, am I in trouble? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. I couldn't believe it. Someone sent me something yesterday on Facebook. Right. I was totally blown away. All right. Uh, getting to this uh, single payer story, which is <laughs> outrageous. And the reason I'm bringing up the single payer story uh, and Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders' appearance on State of the Union with Jake Tapper is obviously because of the Obamacare repeal failure. It's in the news now, and it's become a big issue. And thanks for all the feedback on yesterday's show. People really seem to enjoy it based on the email I got I was where I discussed Obamacare and the subsidies. But Bernie's, uh, Bernie Sanders, the Democratic Socialist from uh, Senator from Vermont, is doubling down on this push for single-payer Medicare for all, which is really single-payer-type health care. Now, Joe, there's a model for that now. That's failing in front of our very eyes that has been conveniently left out of the majority of mainstream media coverage. They touch on it and they move on. Mm -hmm. And that model is Venezuela, which is in absolute chaos right now. And sadly, tragically, it may be looking at a potential civil war. Now, Venezuela is run by Maduro right now, was run by Chavez. It has taken a turn towards socialism. Again, socialism fails everywhere it's tried. But as I've warned you repeatedly on this show, socialism, so you understand what it is because your liberal friends have no idea what it is, I assure you, they'll pretend they know what it is, but they really don't, is the government control of the means of production and the government control of the economy. That is what socialism is. There is no such thing as democratic socialism, okay? There's big government nanny states. Yes, that's what a lot of uh, you know Scandinavian countries are. But they are not socialist countries in the respect that the government takes over private industry and runs it. That's what happened in Venezuela when they confiscated the supermarkets, the oil industry. So Venezuela took a turn towards real socialism. Most liberals don't know what that is. Now, as I've warned you repeatedly in the past, uh, socialism it can't work because it won't work. When the government takes control of a private business, there's no incentive for that private business to continue to produce their product because they don't work for themselves, Joe. They don't they don't work they work for the government right. at that point. You're not even claiming your own profit. You're taking all the risk with your money and you're turning over the rewards to the government. So the Venezuelan economy is collapsing and after it collapses, what do you have to do to get people to produce things that the country's gonna need? Well, the country's going to need food, the country's going to need medicine, the country's going to need energy, cars. Well, if those companies are owned by the government, there's no incentive to produce those products because you turn your profits over to the government. Those companies typically go out of business. Now, to prevent them from going out of business, the socialists do what socialists always do, Joe. 
they get the jackbooted thugs out with the guns and the government <laughs> force, and they stick them at the door, and they force people to do stuff, what we would call, you know, indentured servitude. Yep. Um, that's, you know, the joke of the Soviet Union is we pretended to work, and they pretended to pay us. So the, Venezuela's collapsing right now. They can't feed themselves. There's, star, there's mass uh, starvation going on right now. People are eating pigeons. There's riots in the streets. So in order to respond to the riots in the street, instead of you know going doing something unique for a socialist, like saying, hey, maybe we should go back to this free market idea when our people could actually eat, Joe, uh, Maduro doubled down on force, which is what they always do. And he 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 instituted a an election, or he, he called for an election where they were going to elect an alternate assembly. So it's the equivalent of, of, say, you know, Barack Obama or Trump calling an election tomorrow for another Congress. Like the Congress we have now and then 435 more members. So that's what he did. Now, the election was boycotted by most of Venezuela. But, of course, the, the referendum won because he's a socialist. And, you know, it was boycotted by people who, who had, you know, no interest in this at all. So now there's riots in the streets because these alternate assembly members are going to take their positions and they are going to basically throw out the assembly members that were actually elected. Mm. Now, folks, this is the natural course of socialism every time. When you allow the government to take control of anything, the only way for the government to continue the production of that item is through the use of force to force people to produce the item because there is no incentive for revenue making or profit in there. Now, I know dopey liberals like to demonize profit, but the hard reality of the real world, if you're willing to live in the real world, is that profits and revenue are the incentive that incentivize people to take risk with their own money to produce products for Joe Civilian. I know that's hard for liberals to understand, but that's how the real world works, not the stupid, ridiculous world you live in, okay? So what's happening in Venezuela right now is just a natural conduit. Uh, this is what happens every single time the government takes over an economy. Now, I bring that up because Bernie Sanders is a socialist. He's a devout socialist. He has in the past praised socialist. He has praised communists. Uh, Bernie Sanders is a hypocrite. Bernie Sanders makes money himself, a significant amount of money. I believe he's purchased three homes. I believe he owes two now. Uh, Bernie Sanders' wife is under investigation currently uh, for some very serious allegations under federal investigation. Bernie Sanders is a total fraud. He is a class warrior who lives a rich lifestyle who rails against the rich, which makes him a hypocrite by uh, by by, defini- by, by definition. Right. There's no way around that. Now, Sanders was on State of the Union. Now, this is this is hysterical. There's so much to dig out in this uh, disappearance. Now, it was six minutes long, and to be fair to Sanders, we had to edit this. Now, I didn't. Joe did not edit any of the... We allowed him to complete a thought. Right. But the appearance is six minutes long, and you can't play a six-minute sound clip on a talk radio show. So I want to be fair to him. I did cut some of it off, um, but I will put the link to the appearance, the entire link up at the show notes. But I promise you where we cut it off really summed up the idea he was trying to make. We're not trying to make him look worse than he really is. Actually, with Bernie Sanders, that's frankly joe very hard to do well there's no editorializing with editing right here is what you're trying to say yeah yeah, yeah exactly we just cut we cut the sentence off right. but i just want to be fair to him because you'll be oh well he said more yeah, he said more but he never contradicts where we stopped it all right so this is his appearance i get that first clip ready uh jake tapper opens up here because bernie sanders wants us to move to single payer government control of health care and uh, jake tapper asks him uh, a couple questions about this 
And it's very interesting what he says. And we'll break this down after uh, after the clip is over. Play that cut. I'm I want to get into single. I want to get into single payer. Just a, a, the quick note: the 32 million uh, figure that the senator is referring to is from a Congressional Budget Office study of what happens if there was full repeal of Obamacare with no replacement. Some of those, of course, are people voluntarily uh, getting off health care because there's no more uh, punishment. But l- let me let's talk about single payer because it was attempted in your home state of Vermont, uh, and it and it didn't work because they couldn't get the funding because it would be too expensive, the, the Democratic governor said. And then recently it was it failed in California as well. Democrats, again, not able to come up with a way no. to pay for it. These are cobalt blue states, Vermont and California, where people wanted single payer um, and there were problems because it would cost too much. How do you make it national if you can't even get it in Vermont well, or California? It's not a, no, 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 no. Let's take let's be let's be careful about this. All right. A single payer health care system, in my view, and according to studies that I have seen, would save the average family significant sums of money. And what Republicans sometimes do is confuse the issue. And they say, well, you're going to pay more in taxes. What they forget to tell you is that if you are a family of four now paying 15 or 20 thousand dollars a year in private health insurance, you're not going to be paying that at all. What? <laughs> you know, Joe and I, before he plays the cuts for me, even though I send them over, just to make sure we're stopping at the right point. Right. Now, again, he, he goes on to talk a little more, but he never refutes what he just said. Folks, I cut it at that point specifically because I wanted to leave you with that last line he just said, because think about the insanity of Bernie Sanders' position. I took a few notes on a couple things he said, but it's the last sentence that should really puzzle you. Jake says to him, Jake Tapper, accurately so, He says, listen, single payer was tried in the states. Matter of fact, it was tried in your state in Vermont, and it was also tried in California, where you had overwhelming Democrat majorities, and there was nothing was they they weren't passed because there was no money. Now, I've covered these in depth. It was going to bankrupt the state of Vermont by historic numbers, and the California numbers are absurd, too. It's completely unaffordable. He Joey completely ignores that. Yep. He ignores that. and He says a couple things. Jake says, well, it's going to cost too much. And he goes, well, Jake, let's be careful here. Okay, well, let's be careful, Bernie. He goes on to say what the Republicans are not telling you is that the average family is paying about 15 to 20K per year per insurance. And then he says those costs are just going to go away. So let me get this straight. Bernie Sanders' position is that in a, it's not a free market system now, but a relatively almost free market system in the United States. There's a lot of government interference. American families due to Obamacare and all these other uh, government infiltrations in the system are playing an inflated amount now. He's saying 15 to 20K a year. Bernie's saying if you institute single payer and you make it free for everyone, those costs disappear. Folks, this, I, I'm, I'm serious. Does that make any sense to you? So there's a product that, forget healthcare for a second because that confuses people. Let's say Bernie Sanders was talking about free Corvettes for everyone. All right. So Jake would say to him, if it was the same argument, because a product and a service, folks, they all obey the rules of economics. There's no escaping the rules of economics. Whether you're purchasing water or health care, the products and services may be different, but the rules of economics don't change. There's a market clearing price, there's supply and there's demand, and eventually those curves are going to intersect, right? So let's say Jake had said to him, hey, listen, you know, Corvettes are... are, uh, 
you know, are really expensive right now. So, uh, Bernie, what's your plan for a single-payer program where the government's going to buy everybody a Corvette? Well, Jake, the average Corvette right now costs about $60,000 in the market. And the nice part about this, and Republicans, what they're not telling you is, well, if we take over a single-payer system where the government buys everybody Corvettes, there's not going to, no one's going to have to pay that $60,000 for the Corvette anymore. How? How? What? How? How, folks, I'm just asking, I'm, you know I love economics. And yesterday was very wonky and we do wonky shows. But today I'm just going to ask you big umbrella questions. How is that? Did the workers at GM that produce Corvettes, I think they produce in Bowling Green, Kentucky, all volunteer to work for free? Did the supplier of the steel and aluminum that goes into the car, they, they mined it for free? I mean, did the electronics producers that produce the electronics that go into the navigation, the temperature control system, are they all working for free? Are the rare earth mineral, minerals that go into producing some of the fancy electronics, are they being mined for free? Are the tire companies, are the workers there working for free? Where A, a very serious question, our liberal friends. Where do you think the costs go? No, I, I'm not being facetious or silly, but where do you think the costs go? So Bernie says the fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year Americans are paying now for, for, uh, for insurance will be wiped out when we institute single payer. How is that? How, how does that happen? Who pays? Oh, the government pays. Well, okay, where does the government get its money? Oh, well, obviously from the people. Okay. So I, I, I heard that and I'm like, this can't be. Does he really think people are this dumb? And the answer is yes, he does. He really thinks you're this stupid. That was the first cut. And that, that was an easy one. Mm-hmm. The second one's a little more complicated because I, I had to take a few notes beforehand on it where he brings up a couple more, a little more nuanced points, which are all ridiculous. But uh, we'll get to that after we play this cut. So this is the second part of this, uh, of Bernie Sanders, this absolute epic fail of an interview with Jake Tapper. Play cut two. By the way, in California, the debate is not over. It passed, I think, the Senate. It's now gone to the House and that debate will continue. Look, taking on the insurance companies and the drug companies, taking on Wall Street, taking on a lot of very powerful forces that make billions of dollars a year from the current healthcare system is not gonna be easy. And it's not gonna take place until millions of people get involved in this struggle and appreciate the fact that whether you're rich or whether you are poor, healthcare is a right, the idea the idea that the Republicans wanted to throw 32 million people off of health insurance, cut Medicaid by $800 billion, raise premiums for older workers, defund Planned Parenthood, make it almost impossible for people to have a who have pre-existing conditions get the health care they need, that is abominable. That is moving mm-hmm. in exactly the wrong direction. So we need a serious discussion about a serious issue, and I believe at the end of the day, the American people will conclude that Medicare for all, Medicare is working now for people 65 right. or older. Let's expand it to everyone. All right. Uh, again, there's nothing in there that has any substance at all. I mean, if you had a, if you hired a company, Joe, to put together a Democrat and liberal focus group, yeah. and in that focus group, you said, listen, let's just say stuff that's not factually correct, but we think we'll touch an emotional nerve with the American electorate to get Democrats elected. Yeah. 
you would say the things Bernie just said, although they're devoid of substance or, 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 or facts or data. There's nothing to back it up at all. He's I don't know if he's just making this up, if he's just too dumb to realize what he's saying is not true. But let's break down what he said. Uh-huh. The first part he gave, he, he used the rights line again, that health care is a right. I'm not going to get too into this, but I just want to reiterate the point that when you declare something a right, that is rather simple to do. The problem is higher order thinking. Uh, requires you to understand that when you declare something a right, you also declare an obligation for someone else. So if you're going to make health care right, that means someone else is obligated to provide it to you for free. So unless you're happy with indentured servitude, I strongly suggest you support a government of negative rights that tells the government what it can't force people to do rather than a government of so-called positive rights, which forces people to provide things to other people for free, even if they don't want to. Now, that may sound good to you because you're a liberal nutbag and you don't care that doctors would be forced into basically forced servitude by the government. But there's a better way to get products to the poor and the needy rather than forcing people at the end of a government monopoly on force barrel of a gun to do things. Declaring things a right is a simple way for liberals to get out of an argument. Okay, a right is an obligation. That's what a right is. Individual right is an obligation of the government not to infringe on that right. Mm -hmm. A right that the government imposes on people to collect a product from someone else like medical service is an obligation on that doctor to provide it for free if necessary. Big difference. That's an easy way out for liberals all the time who will mislead you about what a right really is. Um, Secondly, he says... He talks about the profiteering of drug companies. I find this fascinating because, again, Sandersites are at it again. They're total hypocrites. They're just making this up. I just got to take a note here so I don't forget this. But the profiteering of drug companies, this is amazing. We talked about on yesterday's show and repeatedly over the course of the past few weeks how, folks, do you understand? I'm imploring you. I'm begging you. I'm I'm I, I don't know any other. Any other way to frame this? I'm, I'm asking you as liberals to be intellectually honest for a moment with us, please, so we can have a rational argument to fix the dreadful healthcare situation in the country. There's no other way out of this. You are either as a liberal really dumb if you don't understand this or you're lying. Profiteering of drug companies, your Obamacare plan you're supporting, make no mistake, supports through cost sharing payments, risk corridor payments and risk adjustment payments, absolutely takes money from American taxpayers both poor, middle class, and wealthy, and transfers it to the very same drug companies and healthcare companies you're decrying. That is not open for dispute. That's not, it's, it's just, that's a fact. If you have a problem with that fact, then you have a problem with reality. You're living in, you know, the Justice League world, the Marvel universe. You're not living in the real world. In the real world, that is what Obamacare does. Again, you either don't understand it, and that's your fault for being ignorant and spouting off at the mouth when you don't know anything. Or, number two, you do know that that uh, there are drug company and uh, pharmaceutical and healthcare company payoffs from the taxpayer and bailouts built into Obamacare, and you're just lying to people. So Bernie saying this while supporting Obamacare makes him a total hypocrite, and I can't understand why reasonable people don't call him out. You know... Joe, at least the conservative movement is intellectually honest. I can't say this enough. The conservative movement has called out President Trump. It's Mm -hmm. called out President Bush. It's called out Cruz and everyone else when they think that they've strayed from the path. If they have. We do it all the time. Liberals will lockstep support something, even though it makes liars, manipulators, and propagandizers out of them. They don't care. How do you make the case, Joseph? How? How? 
Bernie Sanders, a respected, at least amongst liberals, Democrat senator who's a devout socialist. How do you make the case that you're 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 campaigning against profiteering by drug companies as you are taking money from the taxpayer through known programs Democrats supported and giving them to the same companies? It, 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 it's, it's so baffling. I saw the clip and I listened to it. I'm like, this is just hard to believe. Now, another thing he he this is funny. This is the. Um, Democrats do this all the time. They call it the British method of debate, where you say what your opponent's going to say first, so when he says it, the audience is already prepared. But it's really you. So he, Democrats do this all the time, and Bernie flipped the script on the Republicans with this one. He goes, well, the Republicans are constantly conflating health insurance with health care. No, folks, that's what the Democrats do. That's what the Democrats are doing. Bernie does it throughout the entire time. He goes, we're one of the only civilized countries in the world that doesn't guarantee health care. That is absolutely incorrect. We don't guarantee health insurance. Do you understand, Joe, how he just did that? Yeah. He says Republicans conflate health insurance with health care. But he's, it's Bernie that's doing that. When he says something like this, which he, he said in that interview, he says, well, you know, Republicans don't want to guarantee people health care. We're one of the only civilized countries that doesn't do so. Folks, that is a lie. That is not true. Either Bernie's ignorant or he's lying to you. You are, cannot be turned away from an emergency room. That, that may not be the most convenient thing for you in the world. That may not be the quickest. But the fact of the matter is in the richest country in the world, in the finest outfitted emergency rooms anywhere on earth, believe me, I've traveled a lot in my prior job. I've seen a lot of emergency rooms. Some of them are pretty damn scary. You can never be turned away in an emergency room legally. Now, Joe, in a reasonable argument with reasonable people, which liberals aren't, and Bernie's beyond, Bernie's just a clown, right. a total lying clown, and a hypocrite too, wealthy hypocrite who decries wealth. How do you make the case, Joe, that anyone in the United States can walk into an emergency room at any time and cannot be turned away and is guaranteed access to care? How do you say to yourself then that we're, we're the, one of the only civilized countries on earth that doesn't guarantee access to care? You'll get care. It may not be the care you want, Joe. Right. You may want it to go to your local doctor, but that's not true. No. You're not guaranteed health insurance. Bernie's doing that. He's conflating health insurance with health care. And by doing it, he's just lying. He's making it up. But Democrats don't care. Again, they just make stuff up. I'm not suggesting again that the emergency room is the solution. It's not. Matter of fact, it's a disastrous way to provide health care. Disastrous. But I am interested in facts. And suggesting we're a, we're a country that doesn't guarantee health care is an outright falsification of reality. Right. It's not. It's simply not true. Now, I find that interesting because if your problems with that, and, and you know, they're, they're, the, again, the emergency room is a terrible way to provide care. But if your problem with that is, well, people have to go and they have to wait, I find that awfully odd. That if your liberal argument is that, and it should be a conservative one too, well, that's not a way to provide health care. People go in there with colds and they clog up the emergency room and people who are really sick can't get in and it extends the time for people who uh, can be seen and people could die in the emergency room waiting. I find that interesting though that that's your beef and the problem with single payer countries that is economically irrefutable, I mean, liberals will argue anything, Joe, but I'm not talking about reasonable people now, yeah. is that single payer countries now, their biggest problem, Joe, is rationing by time. You have to get on a waiting list to see a doctor in most single-payer countries because it's, quote, free. So everybody takes it with no control, no uh, concern for the cost because they've already paid through their tax dollars. 
So I find it interesting that your big complaint is, oh, people go into the emergency room and it's not the most ideal way to get care, which it isn't, again. But that overseas, the most unideal way to get care is to go on a waiting list to get care. By the time you get to see a doctor, you're already better most of the time. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Like your yeah. beef is like the ER isn't great because people have to wait for care. But you're you're suggesting we follow a model overseas where people wait for care sometimes until they're dead. Now, there's an interesting piece I read, I read a while ago at the Daily Mail where they quoted a statistic that 5% of doctors in the United Kingdom know patients who have died waiting for care. Think about that. There's 100 doctors. Five of them know a patient who's actually died waiting for care. I mean, that doesn't bother you at all. He's just making this stuff up. And it's really infuriating. All right, I got one more story for you before we get to that. Have you signed up for CRTV yet? Hey, I would really appreciate it, folks. We're putting out a lot of great conservative content. The nice part about CRTV, too, is you have an you have access to our, our entire library of shows when you get on there. So go to CRTV.com. You get Mark Levin's show. You get Stephen Crowder's show. You get Michelle Malkin's show. Uh, you, you get a bunch of material from Nate Madden and John Miller, too. They do the White House brief and the Capitol Hill brief. Once you see it, you're not going to... Go, you don't need to get your news from anywhere else. You really, you can just use, I'm telling you, it's that good. We will cover the day's events. Mark Levin's show at night sums up everything that happened in Mark's unique way. Go check it out, CRTV.com. That's CRTV.com. Use promo code Bongino and you get $10 off. That's B-O-N-G-I-N-O, promo code Bongino. All right, um, one last story. Um, one more thing on Venezuela. By the way, Joe, do you know the number one asylum seekers to the United States for refugees to, for, from uh you know, country-wise, or from Venezuela. I did not know that, no. Yeah, I didn't know that yesterday. I read that yesterday in the Wall Street Journal. So, by the way, for all you socialists out there and budding college socialists listening to my program on recommendation from your conservative college friends, if socialism is so great, how is it that the number one request for asylum to the United States are from a socialist country, Venezuela, not even from Syria? Syria, which is collapsing in a war zone. There are more people trying to flee Venezuela for the United States. Just a thought. I'm just Man, wondering why these liberals aren't running down to Venezuela. You would, you, Joe, yeah. you think they'd be lining up to get in? Yeah. They love socialism so much, but they're frauds. They're fakes. They just make it up. Hey, uh, I saw a story today from uh, McClatchy, which I'll put in the show notes, which should trouble every Republican out there. Be very, very careful about what's coming up in these midterms. Uh, you know, I've warned about this. Yes, we've done well in the specials. I don't want to be Captain Apocalyptic. That's unnecessary. But uh, be cautious. The story McClatchy about uh, a couple of seats that are starting to flip in state races, Joe, not federal races, mm. but in state races and districts won some of them pretty handily by Donald Trump. Um, that's not a good sign. Uh, the seats are in New Hampshire, Oklahoma, which is blood red. My, uh, you know, my uh, my sister lives out there in yeah. Oklahoma, New York, uh, but Trump districts in New York, uh, Delaware state Senate seats. There's been a, uh, an overperformance by Democrat uh, Democrat voters in their sh- in their you know turnout rates. So I'm just saying, be careful. I don't want to be apocalyptic about it. We've done well in the specials, but. There has been an overperformance of Democrats that any legislator or people supporting legislators listening to the show, you know, in some limited circle show, we haven't said this in a while, we would call that a, a clue. clue. We haven't said that in a long time. That's a clue that there may be something going on. And one of my friends on, a, on, an, on an email I saw from him, he's right. His theory is accurate, that Democrats are voting for anybody but the Republican right now because they're really upset. Even if that Republican's a total rhino and may subscribe to some of their values, but Republicans are angry at the Republican Party for not getting anything done. Mm-hmm. So they're just not showing up. So when you have one side angry and one side apathetic, of course, they're going to win. So be very careful. This should be a warning sign. I'll put the uh, I'll put the the, uh, the story in there and you can read it yourself. I, you know, it's, I don't want to be overdramatic about it, but it's something to just keep in the back of your head for these midterm elections. 
All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.